if there's a book on your heart, you have the same mandate on your life. You must share it. You must do it. Welcome to the Harmonious Hustle, where we talk all things purpose, passion, and profits. My name is Nicole Sylvester, and I am obsessed with guiding you to living your most epic life right now. As a former struggling single mama on welfare, turned best-selling author, spiritual success coach, and transformational speaker running a half a million dollar company, I know exactly what it takes to say yes to radical upgrades in your life. I also know that true success requires harmony, not just hustle. You'll need to work with your emotions and strategy. But don't worry, I'll give you practical, tangible tools as well as spiritual guidance to level up big time. Now it's your turn to upgrade. Let's get started. Have you thought about writing a book? Likely, if you're on here with me right now, you have. You have this inkling that there's a book I need to write. Perhaps it's an event in your past. Perhaps it's your entire story, a transformation you've had. Maybe you want to teach people how to cook and not use certain ingredients. Maybe you want to be a voice for human rights, animal rights, whatever it is. If you have the desire and it's one that's been nudging you for some time, I believe it's for you. It does not mean that it's going to be easy. Let me tell you, I wanted to make this for someone that really wants to write a book in 2020. And I've looked on my Instagram, Facebook, and I've noticed people that are declaring it. I'm a published author in 2020. And I'm over here like, yes, do it. I have a soft spot in my heart for anyone that writes a book. After writing my book, I had a new point of view when it came to authors. And yo, it's no joke, my friends. However, I will tell you this. If you write your own book, and if you write it well, meaning that you take the time to do the things that I'm going to share in this episode, you will be a better human on the other side of it. You absolutely will. Writing a book is a long-term task. It requires discipline of deciding that I don't feel like writing or perhaps I don't have the best paragraphs on my heart that I want to share right now, but I'm going to sit down and I'm going to get this done. And I'll tell you that the amount of fulfillment that has come from actually keeping my word to myself and doing the book, knowing that people need this story and I put it out there, it makes it worth all of the hard times that I had with it. So let's talk about writing a book. And why do you want to write it? You know, intentions are everything. When we're intentional, we are powered and fueled by that intention. So that's why it's so good to be clear. Whether you're writing a book or whether you want to make a million dollars, you got to be clear on why. The why is everything. It will pull you. It will keep you going when you want to give up. So let's, let's dive into that right now. I'm going to use my own experience with this because I feel it will help you kind of navigate your own. When I wanted to write this book, I had conflicting feelings. I knew that I should write a book for some time. I had even a vision of my book cover. It looks better than it did in my vision. Shout out to my designer, Regina Wamba. But I had this vision of a cover. I knew that women needed to hear my story. But at the same time, it felt so tedious to write a book. Not only did it feel tedious, it felt counterintuitive. It felt 
Like it was going to damage the work I've been doing to clean up my reputation. I've been working to make myself look better. And now I'm going to go into the depths of all the things that don't make me look good. That, that was hard to grasp, right? But I had to trust it because there was a deeper why in my writing process. So I went to a conference. It was, you know, like 9,000 people or so in there. And at this event, I am doing this visualization. We're being guided to look ahead five years from now. And five years from now, what am I going to regret? What is going to suck if I don't actually do it? And then we went 10 years, 15 years, and then 20 years was like the ultimate of like, if you don't do the big things, where will you be? And I had this moment where I saw I had to start writing this book. I, I saw it because I knew the book was there. I knew the story needed to be told. And I had at this time been going to conferences and workshops and, you know, reading other people's books and listening to their YouTube stuff. In hearing about these people with incredible, inspiring transformation stories and listening to them, I would think, I could do that. I should share mine. But it was a pipe dream. It wasn't something I was actually doing. And at that moment in that conference, listening to like 8,000 people scream and moan and wail, I was like, this is it. I got to do this. I deserve what's on the other side of this. And I know that people need this. I literally flew home from Dallas back to LA and started writing. I had no idea where to start, what what I should do. I just started doing it and that's kind of the way I live my life. I get into action, I find some momentum, and I trust the answers are going to come. Now I'm going to spare you the details of everything that went down, but let's just say this. I started writing the book that was in June. In December, I was having some breakthrough moments in my business. Like I wasn't kind of going over $6,000 or anything like that. I was just kind of getting by in my business and I put out the feelers for an editor book coach. I did not have any idea being the amateur I was of what kind of editor I even needed, uh, what they actually would help me with. And by putting out those feelers in the business groups I had invested in over the time, I found out that I need a developmental editor and then you need a copy editor. So a developmental editor is the person that will help you with your story, making sure that your story makes sense to a reader that has nothing, you know, but what's on the page. This, your reader doesn't know the background of your life. They don't know the characters in the story. So for your writing to make sense, you have to give them enough to paint a picture and take them on a journey. A developmental editor is key for that. And of course, you have to have a good one. So my search continued for the developmental editor and I found a woman who was rated or referred by the people online. And what I learned from this was that if you ask people, who do you think I should hire for this? A large amount of the people that say this person, you know, and they tag someone, they actually haven't hired the person for the services. They just follow them online or know what they do. So they just go ahead and refer them. While this is awesome and it's kind and generous, uh, we really have to do our own work on researching and trusting with our, with our full body. Is this the right person for me? So I went ahead and 
decided on the person that charged the most and had the prettiest photos because she did have beautiful photos. And she actually was the one that had the best sales like techniques. She actually followed up with me where the other people did not. So this teaches us all a lesson and follow up. <laughs> all right, my friends, I end up hiring her and I spend the next four months deep diving and continuing to write my book. And I have a book release date of May 2017. It gets to April 2017. I get my manuscript back and I have to tell you, my friends, it sucked. I'm sure you heard this story before if you've been listening. I'm going to spare you all the details, but just know it sucked. It was devastating. And I decided that I knew this book was an important piece of my work in this world, of my legacy, my life's calling, and that I could not put out a book that was like that. It was nothing like the book that you can order from Amazon today. It had no flow like that. I was reading it and having a hard time keeping up with it. So turns out, you know, I didn't hire the right person for the job and I couldn't get my money back and I learned a tremendous lesson. I put my tail between my legs, canceled my launch date and went back to selling programs and, you know, doing the things. It wasn't until the fall that I put myself back in the game, hired a true developmental editor and she made me a better writer. What do I mean by that? And this is why I recommend one. I don't care what book you're writing. I think it is so important for you to have someone help you with the flow because it will make your book be one that, you know, people want to keep reading because it makes sense and it delivers only what the reader needs to hear. Now, my editor and your editor, if they're a good one, will not write the sentences for you. They don't do that. What they do is critique the hell out of your writing and ask you questions like, what does that even mean? Or why did you write that? Or read that again and basically trigger the hell out of you until you dig deeper and become a better writer, right? When I got my manuscript back, I think it had 736 notes. Can you imagine going through 736 notes in your manuscript? It took quite an amount of time. I was consumed. I feel like I lost friends during that time because I was getting invites and people were inviting me to things and I just was like so consumed by the process. So when I say it is not the easiest thing, but it's worth it to me, that's what it was. That process, you know, I wrote it for about two years, but it wasn't me writing the entire time. So in January, it was time to hand my manuscript in. And at that time, I started having a breakdown. Yes, an actual breakdown. I remember being in my living room and having these thoughts that, should I be writing this book? Why on earth would I be putting all of these things out there? Yes, I have skimmed over this, you know, truth that I was abused and there was a murder and that uh, I had addiction and all these things. But in my memoir, I go deep with some innermost thought stuff, right? And it's very, very raw and vulnerable and human. And I believe that's why people are so intrigued by it and why it's so captivating and why people tend to read it so quickly. I wanted it to be that way. So I had a rule for myself of no holding back. But all of that came to the surface when I handed in my manuscript and thought, wow, this is real. And soon this is going to go to many people, people that I have no control over who receives it. There are going to be people that order it and hate it, people that critique me for it. And, you know, it's going to bring good feedback and it's going to bring people that want to attack me. And, you know, I was right. That's what happened. However, 
the good outweighs the bad so much that like the bad is irrelevant. And I know that will be the case for you as well, because that's just how doing this work tends to unfold. Now, going back to the the process of writing it, you have a developmental editor, and I would say that you would want to bring a developmental editor on once you start the writing, right? If you're committed to keep on writing, let's say you set a deadline, I'm going to write my book over the course of the next six months. If you bring in a developmental editor, they can help you and shape you into a better writer along the way. Because let's say that you go ahead and write out 60,000 words and then you hire the developmental editor. That's great. They can read it and then go ahead and send it back to you. But if you start off early and let's say you have two or three chapters, you send it into the developmental editor, they begin to make you think about how you're writing and what you're putting down on paper and how, and you start shifting and growing as a writer. So the whole project will shift, right? So in this case, you get to decide when do you really want to bring in that support. And you also have to have the conversation about, do you want to just put something up on Amazon and publish it? Because we all can. It only takes like 48 hours to do so. Or do you really want to invest in your project to have people have a response? Like, you know, there's people that are out there pushing their book and no one's reading it or You know, even me, I've received books from people that they've sent to me. I have books that I bought and I just can't get through them. And I find that people are rushing to put books out there because we can versus really asking, is this book going to be everything? Is this book going to be one that I'm proud of actually putting out or is it something I'm rushing? And that's the conversation you have as a writer. The other thing I feel is important is not to let everyone read your writing before it's time. For me, I know that I don't like a lot of cooks in my kitchen because I don't want to start doubting things and second guessing. I want it to be between me and my team, one person, a developmental editor. And in your case, you get to decide the same thing because if you're letting your mom, your sister, your brother, your best friend all read and they're giving you conflicting information and they don't even have the whole book yet, you may get all caught up in other people's opinions rather than allowing yourself to write from your heart and having an expert help you mold and shape the story. The other thing I would give you as a tip is to make sure that you set aside writing time and you just continue to go at it, go at it, go at it. There will be days where you are pulled to sit down and write. Like you literally have a sentence on the tip of your tongue and you can't wait to sit down and write. I remember I had days like that. I would be out with people and I'd be like, damn, I don't want to be here. I just want to get back to my book. I have this thing. It felt like a little animal that was like gnawing to get out of me. That's what it's like when you are birthing something, kind of like when we're giving birth to a baby. Our books or creative projects are the same things. They will keep you up at night. They will drive you to take out the laptop and get to work, right? But there will be other days on the same project that you just don't feel like it that it just doesn't seem like it's coming. And I remember those days. I had certain albums that got me going. I had, you know, the musical inspiration I'm talking about. I also had two coffee shops I really liked to work at. The coffee was strong. The vibe was good. Places that also had food because I would sit down and I was just not getting up. I would tell myself I'm not getting up from this spot until I write a chapter. I'm not getting up from the spot until I get to X page once it was edited. Because if you don't give yourself those boundaries, you probably won't get much done. And I think that's the biggest thing with writers. The other thing, if you're writing about things that are traumatic or uncomfortable, you're never going to feel really ready. You're never going to feel ready. 
It's like knowing that there's something scary in a room and the only way that it's going to stop being scary and get the hell out of that room is if you open the door and let it out and deal with it. Now, this book, this chapter, whatever it is that is like really intense for you, there comes a point where you have to face it and make peace with it. And I know in my book, there were three scenes that were really hard for me to write. And it's the very beginning where I have to escape my house. And there's the, you know, kind of the middle where I was kidnapped and raped. And then there's the climax, I feel like, of the book, which is where there was the murder at my house. Writing those parts of my book and then going back to edit it was very, very painful. It was um, something that triggered my entire body. I remember feeling scared in my apartment at the time. And it was never fun. So what I would do is kind of skim over those parts and keep on writing. Same thing with the editing. I would kind of go through the whole editing process. And then I knew that those three parts needed to be powerful. And I needed to get the truth across for anyone else that has gone through something similar. So I had to give it the time. But I waited until the end to really go back and refine those. Like really give it the time it needed. And I'm just so glad I did. The same thing when I was reading the Audible, if you listen to some of these parts, you can hear it in my voice. My voice changes. You know, it's not easy. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. But for anyone that's writing about these traumatic things, make sure you give yourself the time and space and have the support in your life so that you can navigate this. And look for people that inspire you. For me, I had two main people that inspired me to do this. Um, and I thought about their books and what their books did for me. For instance, Iyanla Vinzant. When I told you I had the breakdown on the floor and doubted if I should even put this out, I had to think back to her book. One day my soul just opened up. I write about that book in my book. But her book touched me in such a profound way at age 17 when I was going through so much pain. And I continue to refer back to it through my 20s and then 30s, and even when I was kind of juggling, should I actually publish this book? Is this right? Am I doing it for the right reasons? And what I realized is I absolutely am. I was. I had to, because I thought about that 17-year-old girl that Ianla has no idea she helped, and all of the other thousands or millions of people that she has impacted through her books. I have that opportunity now. I have that mandate on my life now. I have to let people know now what is possible for them. And I'm speaking to you as you listen to this and you knowing that if there's a book on your heart, you have the same mandate on your life. You must share it. You must do it. And only you can say yes to it. So Iyanlan's book definitely helped me make that decision. And then the other one is Gabby Bernstein. Now, I love listening to Gabby's books she shares things like that are so vulnerable and real. It reminds me as a spiritual teacher that I am going to keep having the uncomfortable human lessons to surrender and use them as gifts and lessons for everyone else. But in terms of my book, Gabby sharing that she was addicted to cocaine in her partying days and being able to come out on the other side. I love that she shared that because I remember reading Spirit Junkie and feeling like, wow, I can relate to this, but also feeling the tremendous amount of courage that she had to have to come out about that. And I also related to her 
partying days and trying to life coach people when she was high. Like I was totally that person. I remember being in the cab one night and my friend got so mad at me, like, quit trying to life coach me. And this was before I was a coach. And we were already up all night leaving a club. We got into a fight. We were both high. And, you know, I just always had this this thing in me that I could see the light in the possibilities. And I wanted to guide people, but it, I was like misdirected, misguided myself. So these two women gave me that courage. Now, I hope that my book and this podcast gives you the courage and the push and the love to go do it to just get out there and do it. Now, in terms of getting started, you don't have to start how I did. I learned so much on my path and now I want to share it with you because A, I don't want you to lose $6,000 like I did, but I do want to invite you to invest in your book and make it be the best that it can be. Now, last year I ran a nine-month program that I'm not running again. It was designed to take someone with an idea or the beginning of a book started and really get clear on your outline, begin to write it. I brought in my editor. I brought in my cover designer. I brought in people that could help you activate old memories and get, you know, into the healing part of writing uncomfortable books. It was an incubator for someone that wanted to go from start to finish if they really gave their full time and effort to doing so. While I have no intention on ever running that group again, I do have a place in my heart for helping people get their stories out because I know that I felt like It was just so much information and so many people wanted to charge thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars, but they weren't really qualified to support. Here are some pointers to help you get started and get on the path to really becoming that best-selling author in 2020. And I also want to invite you, if you are a female entrepreneur that's listening to this or a female entrepreneur, someone that is so interested in writing your book and starting your business, you are invited to reach out to me for a consultation. We can explore what it would look like to have my support and accountability in this process. I'm not saying that I will take the place of a developmental editor. Hell no. I'm telling you to get that too. I am the person that can hold your hand energetically while you lean in to your big mission. I can also help you develop the outline, the chapters, things like that, but more than anything, help you step into the woman that you're becoming in writing this book in ways that you can monetize your message and really bring it all together as you rise. So if you're someone that's looking for that kind of support, please do reach out. I will not be having a book group, but I love this stuff. I live for women that are stepping into their highest calling. Now, back to the pointers chapter outline. Rather than sitting down and beginning to write randomly like I did, as I'm writing my second book, I'm looking at what are the life lessons that I want to impart onto people through this book. Even if you're telling a story, look at the emotional moments, right? So if you have more of a lesson book, personal help kind of thing, look at what are the things that you want to like teach people? Do you want to teach worthiness? You want to teach self-love? You want to teach how you learn discipline or forgiveness, whatever. These are examples. You list them out and then think about the times in your life where you actually could teach that. What are the stories? What are the things that show up there? The same thing if you are writing more of a memoir style, think of some of the most emotionally charged moments of your life and your story. Write them down. Who were the characters? What did that look like? These are scenes and chapters of your book. People don't want to hear about the non-emotionally charged times. It's boring. (laughs) It's boring, right? So you want to look at those and let those be the pillar of your book, and then you can begin to fill it in. The other thing I would tell you 
is to get really clear on the theme of your book. What is the theme? So for my book, I have a theme of radical transformation, right? Surrender, willingness to your highest self. And what does that look like, right? I paint that picture throughout my book. I'm having conversations with God early on in my book and kind of questioning, do I believe in him or not even him? Do I believe in this God or higher power? It shows up again in the middle of the book. And then finally, at the end of the book, I'm surrendering myself to this higher power. And the book, O Shift, A Journey from Chaos to Consciousness. So there's a theme. I would do those things, look at the theme, create the chapters, get clear on the emotional charged moments, and then begin to fill it out. Take a chapter, take one of those moments and begin to flesh it out like an actual chapter of your book. Trust me, your rough draft chapter is not going to be anything like it looks like when it goes to publish after it is edited developmentally and through your grammar and things like that. One of the biggest challenges for a new writer is looking at what you write and getting frustrated because it's not looking like the published New York Times bestseller that you just read yesterday. It's not supposed to. It's a rough draft. It's a rough draft and it's going to be shaped just like a raw block of wood becomes a beautiful sculpture. If you give it that love and dedication, it will become a beautiful piece of art and people will want to read it. So be sure to do that. Now, I am going to tell you, you have to have that discipline to know that your first sit down and first month of writing, it's not going to be the best writing that you've ever done. You're going to keep getting better and better and better. So this is just like business. The biggest problem in business is the the same thing. These entrepreneurs think that they're going to put out a video, a course, a webinar, and it's going to be the best thing they ever did. And what happens? They stay in analysis paralysis and it never gets done. I knew with my business and my book, I'm just getting started. Let me give myself permission to mess up. Let me give myself permission to fumble. And I still do that to this day. So please do that for yourself. So my friends, if you know someone that's writing a book, share this with them. You could share this with someone and it turns everything around for the writing process because they don't feel so alone and overwhelmed by where to start. It's a daunting process, but with the right information, it can become easier, inspiring, and it's going to change you. I cannot wait to hear about your book. I'm a huge believer of social accountability. So here's what I want you to do. If you are dead serious about writing this book in 2020, I want you to screenshot this episode, share it out on your Instagram story, Facebook, Tag me and declare that you are writing your book in 2020. I'm going to share it then on my Instagram story and even put this ripple out to the universe in an even bigger way. Allow life to support you and I'm going to be cheering you on as well. If you love this episode and it did serve you, if you could do one favor for me, I'm counting on you and I know I can. Please go to Apple iTunes and leave a rating and review for this. As I shared, my ratings and reviews were deleted and it really helps when people are looking to come onto the show and I am being invited to other shows that my rating and reviews are here. So if these help you in any way, shape or form, I love investing my time and energy and money into this. If you could do that, it would mean everything for me. And if you let me know that you've done it, you will be placed in a drawing to win money on Christmas Eve. That's right. We're giving away some money. It's going to be announced in the Harmonious Hustle Facebook group. We're just getting started in that group, but I would love to have you over there. So join us over there and win some cash money on Christmas Eve, and you could share it with the people you love.
Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to hear about your books. Can't wait to see the reviews. And I hope to be paying you out some money. Let's see if you win. Until next time, remember to harmonize your hustle. All right, Harmonious Hustler. You know I'm all about the aligned action. And I want to know, what are you going to do today to advance yourself? In other words, what are you saying yes to? What are you going to do to get closer to your dream? Because remember, it's all up to you. Jump over to my DMs and let me know. I would love to hear from you. If you're not already following me on Instagram, get with me at Nicole Sylvester. And don't forget the H in Nicole. (laughs) I have one request. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review it on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. And if you haven't already, circulate the love, circulate your abundance, and share this episode with someone you love. Remind them that they are capable, badass, and worthy of the best in life. Until next time, choose you, choose your dream, and harmonize your hustle.